Happy Birthday! This birthday party is for the Church of Jesus Christ that was born nearly 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No party hats and streamers. Instead, the Holy Spirit arrived in tongues of fire and baptized the early followers of Jesus into the body of Christ. Devout men and women from every nation under heaven were bewildered because they were hearing the preaching of the gospel in their own language. A supernatural event indeed. Peter preached and 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus Christ that day. 3,000 people born into the family of God. Can you remember your spiritual birthday? I'm Ron Jones and this is something good. The birth of the world and the birth of Jesus Christ are two of the most dramatic events in human history. We'll add one more to the list next on today's edition of Something Good. Hello, welcome to another great day of teaching with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian Davis. I'm so glad you've joined us. Today, Ron takes us to Acts chapter 2 and to one of the most amazing scenes in all of Scripture. Stay with us now or drop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Listen or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From his teaching series, Acts of the Apostles, let's join Ron for today's Something Good radio message, The Supernatural Birth of the Church. Vance Havner once said that um, we are not going to move the world around us by criticism of it, by conformity to it, but by the combination of lives ignited by the Spirit of God. That is spot on, and it's worthy of our uh, thought and consideration this morning. We'll, we'll never, as followers of Jesus Christ, impact or influence the world around us apart from the combination of our lives in this thing called the church and the body of Christ put on fire by the Spirit of God. We're in a study of the book of Acts, uh, the Acts of the Apostles, in a study of what happened. We've been asking the question, what happened after the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Well, the book of Acts tells that story, and we've come to Acts chapter 2. Now, Acts chapter 2 is probably one of the most iconic, uh, epic chapters in all the Bible. First of all, because the, the story here is very dramatic. Uh, it's just one of those stories and one of those passages of Scripture that make us go, wow, what really happened here? Not only what happened, but what does it mean? But it's also epic because it, it introduces maybe a little bit of controversy and debate within the body of Christ in terms of what happened and uh, why it happened and what it means for us today. But I've titled this message, The Birth, The Supernatural Birth of the Church, because Acts chapter 2 describes that, the, the birth of the church, the ecclesia of God. You've been to a birthday celebration before, haven't you? Uh, maybe, maybe your own birthday. Maybe you're too old to celebrate birthdays anymore. I don't know. But uh, maybe you've been to a birthday celebration recently, and besides the cake and the singing of uh, happy birthday and, you know, the guest of honor and all that, what do we think about when we think about birthdays? Gifts. All right, you bring a gift. 
And on the birthday of the church, God brought, He gave a gift to us, and that was the gift of the Holy Spirit. As the church was formed, the Holy Spirit came in a different way than what He came in the Old Testament. Remember, the book of Acts is a transitional time, and uh, we, we got to understand that we're in transition in the program of God. The, the Holy Spirit goes all the way back, you know, before the moment of creation, and in the moment of creation, we can find the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came and He went. He came and He went. He, he didn't dwell in believers permanently. He, he came upon certain individuals for certain tasks at certain times. And this is why David, quite frankly, in Psalm chapter 51 prayed, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. That's a good Old Testament prayer, but it's inappropriate for us as New Testament believers to pray that way, partly because of what happened in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came. Now, um, there's a lot of confusion about the ministry of the Holy Spirit but let's have no confusion about what happened on that day. Let me read the first four verses of Acts chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the words that I just read and the balance of chapter 2, in part, is in fulfillment of some prophecy, some predictions that this would take place. And today, I just want to only go as far back as um, a prophecy from a guy named John, John the Baptizer, who said in Matthew chapter 3, and verse 11, I baptize you with water, John said, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Of course, he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then John goes on to say, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that's, that's what happens in Acts chapter 2. There is a sound like the mighty rushing of wind. It doesn't mean the place became windy and tornadic. It says it sounded like that. Some of you who live in Tornado Alley or have lived there before, you know that a tornado is, is, is loud as much as it is windy. And there was a loud sound that got everybody's attention in Jerusalem. Keep in mind that this was the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost means 50 or 50th. It's 50 days after the Feast of Firstfruits, which was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And then prior to that, a few days is Passover, and then also during that time was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But 50 days after Firstfruits came the Pentecost celebration. And on the day of Pentecost, there was this loud sound in Jerusalem. It was a time when there were uh, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people in Jerusalem. The population had swelled because people from all around the region, different dialects and different regions and different people groups were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate. They hear this loud sound. It rivets all of their attention. And they see the disciples and those early believers now speaking in tongues, in, in, in languages they didn't know previous to that, and in languages that all these different people groups could now understand. We'll come back to that in a moment. 
But what's described here is, is, is actually three ministries of the Holy Spirit. And we could, we could talk long about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, longer than we have time for today. In fact, when I was in seminary, we'd, we'd take an entire semester to go through some of this. It was called pneumatology. Pneuma is the Greek word for spirit. Pneumatology is the study of or the theology of the Holy Spirit. So here's, here's a little pneumatology 101, a brief theology of the Holy Spirit. Three ministries that uh, come together here. One is the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. It comes to indwell believers, to live inside of them. The other is the baptism of the Spirit. And the third is the filling of the Spirit. The question that often comes up in Acts chapter 2 in the debate, sometimes the controversy, is what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Let me give you a little definition here. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the supernatural work of God that places the believer into the body of Christ. What happened on the day of Pentecost was the Holy Spirit came as He was prophesied, as He was promised, unlike He had ever come before. He came to permanently indwell all believers. Simultaneous to that, He also baptized all believers in Jesus Christ and baptized them into the body of Christ. You're not only indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but now you're a member of this, this new spiritual entity known as the ecclesia, the called out ones, or the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the confusion in my mind often comes over what is the baptism of the Spirit versus the filling of the Holy Spirit, okay? And I alluded to this uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but this week I've given you a chart in your notes there, and I just want to summarize real quickly the, the very important difference between the two. Number one, the, the baptism of the Spirit happens once, happens at the moment of salvation. We're never commanded, you know, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It just happens. And like baptism that we'll talk about in a moment, it, it, it identifies us with the body of Christ and places the believer in the body of Christ. The filling of the Holy Spirit, though, is commanded. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8, don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled is in the imperative form in the Greek language. It's a command. A baptism is automatic to believers at the moment of salvation. Filling of the Holy Spirit is not automatic, uh, but it is commanded for believers. The question is this, do you have the Holy Spirit as a believer in Jesus Christ? Yeah, you got him. You got him at the moment of salvation. In fact, he was the down payment on your salvation. Read Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. He's called the earnest, like an earnest money deposit in a real estate transaction. It's God's way of saying, I've deposited this into your life. There's more to come. When? Well, when we see him face to face. He's the down payment. He's also evidence that we are children of God as the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit and gives witness to our spirit that we belong to Christ. Romans chapter 8 even tells us if you do not have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to Him. So you try to you know, align that with all these people who are saying that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something well, it's a second blessing. No, it's not a second blessing. It's a first blessing. It's the first thing that comes to you as a gift from God the gift of eternal life and the indwelling, baptizing ministry of the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. Do you have the Holy Spirit? You got Him. You got all that's available to you. That's the baptism. The filling of the Holy Spirit is a whole different discussion. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? 
Paul compares it to being drunk with alcohol. He says, don't be drunk with wine. That leads to debauchery. What happens when you drink too much wine? Well, that, that substance controls the way you think, the way you speak, the way you walk, controls everything about you in a negative kind of way. He says, instead, be drunk with the Holy Spirit. Be filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. The baptism asks, answers a question, do you have him? The filling answers a question, does he have you? Okay? It's a whole different discussion. And I've said for years that the most frustrated person, the most frustrated person in the church today is the person who is a believer in Jesus Christ but has never learned the secret of the Spirit-filled life, how to be filled with Him, how to walk with Him, how to live by the Spirit, and you're living by the flesh. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But those are the two areas of confusion. Don't go away. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, AD Acts of the Apostles. Visit our updated website, somethinggoodradio.org, for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, check out something new from Dr. Ron Jones. We're calling Something Good Television. SGTV is a weekly broadcast featuring Ron's Bible teaching ministry. If you're looking for Bible teaching for everyday life, Something Good Television is the place to go. Stop by to check out the sample episodes at somethinggoodradio.org. Everyone who was there on the day of Pentecost was amazed at what was happening. But it wasn't long before they began asking the only question that really matters. What does this mean? Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, The Supernatural Birth of the Church. You come back to Acts chapter 2, now we read on in verse 5, and it says, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Every nation under heaven. Didn't Jesus say to his disciples, You shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth? Well, on the birthday of the church, the ends of the earth came to Jerusalem. They were all there. Different nations, different dialects, different tribes, different tongues. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all those or these who are speaking Galileans? <laughs> that was kind of a, a, a tongue-in-cheek way of saying, who are these hillbillies, these Galileans, these uneducated you know, Galileans who are now speaking in languages that they've never been to school on? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome. Hey, I worked on that all week long pronouncing each one of those. Didn't I do a good job? Didn't miss a single one of them. Boy, third service, and I'm, I'm just going great here. Where, where am I here? Verse 11. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they're filled with new wine. No, they're just drunk. You get the picture? It's, it's an epic scene. 
It's epic because it's, it's one of the most exciting stories to read about. It's epic because it creates a lot of debate and conversation. But, but there at the, in verse 12, they ask this question, what does this mean? That's a great question 2,000 years ago. And it's a great question now, and I'm so glad you asked it because I'm going to try to answer that over the rest of our time together. What does this mean? What does Pentecost mean to us? Well, there are at least four things it means both then and now to believers just like you and me. Number one, it means as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a new identity. Identity. Remember, the baptism of the Holy Spirit places us into the body of Christ and identifies us with the body of Christ. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 6. We're going to go deeper into the New Testament where the eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, like the Apostle Paul and others, begin to unpack some meaning that flows out of the book of Acts. Romans chapter 6 is one of those places. Before I read a few verses here, keep in mind there are two baptisms in the Bible. There's water baptism and there's spirit baptism, okay? And both have to do with identifying us with something. In water baptism, it is a symbolic presentation of a new spiritual reality that is in us. Baptism doesn't save us. It doesn't accomplish our salvation. It's a step of obedience. It's a way for somebody to say, I belong to Jesus Christ. I, I have decided to follow him. And we identify with the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I always like to say that everybody needs to preach at least one sermon. And when you go public with your faith, you, you get to do that without words. Death, you go under the burial, rise again the new life, the resurrection. Okay, it identifies us with the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ symbolically. Spirit baptism identifies us or places us in the body of Christ. Okay, and I think Paul has both baptisms in mind in Romans chapter 6 when he tells us he wants us to know something. All right, in his flow of the book of Romans, he's gotten past our sin and, and the answer to that in salvation in Jesus Christ. Now he's come to a place in his argument in Romans, his magnum opus of theology where he's speaking to believers. And the first thing he says is, do you not know? Don't you know this? If you don't, mark this down. This is something important you've got to know. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. In other words, your baptism, spirit and water, identified you with the death of Christ. And we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Again, water baptism, the physical, symbolic expression of a new spiritual reality. Now, baptism is about our identification in Christ. Now, further in the New Testament and in Paul's writings, he says human beings are identified by one of two persons. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. There's no other option. Uh, you're either in Adam, our spiritual and physical forefather, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You're either in Adam, identified with sin, death, separation from God and rebellion. That's your identity in Adam. Or because you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're no longer in Adam. You're in now the 
Second Adam, Paul says, who is Christ Jesus. Not identified with your sin because your sins are forgiven. Not separated from God anymore. You're reconciled to him. No longer in darkness, now in light. No longer in spiritual death, but spiritual life. You're either identified with one or the other. And baptism, both water and spirit baptism, has all of that in mind. Where's your identity today? There's a lot of talk today about identity thieves, and maybe you've done something like I have to kind of protect your, your information, your social security number, all that kind of stuff from identity thieves, and that's all a good thing to do. If you do all of that, you still need to understand your identity was stolen. It was hijacked by the devil. He hijacked Adam's identity, and we as his spiritual and physical you know, descendants are identified with Adam until we come to faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus, through his death, his burial, his resurrection, and then later he ascends and sends the Holy Spirit. Our identity has been fixed, as it were. And our identity is now in Christ. Thanks so much for being here for Ron's message, The Supernatural Birth of the Church. And we'll pick it up right here tomorrow when Ron concludes his teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, Did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 8.28, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. For the body of Christ to fulfill the Great Commission, it takes partnership. It always has. Today, Ron invites you to join him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Something Good Radio broadcast. When you partner with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Ron's book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. To join the 828 Club today, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org or call 757-276-1099. If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today, We'd love to send you the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices, 757-276-1099. Jesus said to his disciples, 
You shall receive power, power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Uh, the word is dunamis, and it's kind of where we get our word dynamite. When the Holy Spirit comes, and how did He come again? He indwells believers, resident in you. He baptizes you simultaneously, placing you in the body of Christ. You're part of all this now. And, and, and if you let Him, He'll fill you. He'll empower you. He will now enable you to live the victorious Christian life. The baptism of the Holy Spirit happens automatically. The filling of the Holy Spirit is not, friends. It depends on our yieldedness, but the power is there. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Supernatural Birth of the Church. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.